Welcome, welcome to the Sci-Fi Guy podcast on Substack. This is a treat. <laughs> this is a rare, a really rare treat. Um, it's uh, it's pretty uh, surreal. It's a pretty fascinating and surreal treat. I stumbled on this on YouTube. This is a Gene Roddenberry and Mark Leonard dr- rare dramatic chat. Um, you know, it's billed as an interview, but it's really sort of a, a dramatic theatrical skitter chat about Star Trek, where Mark Leonard is in character um, as, of course, the a great Sarek, Ambassador Sarek from Star Trek, who is Spock's father. So it's pretty self-evident. I'll just let it play. And um, yeah, just take a listen. Here we go. Welcome, Ambassador Sarek. My old friend, Roddenberry. It's been years since we met. And I have many new questions, Ambassador. Much more intimate and personal than I've ever had to ask before. About my son, Spock, I presume. Well, yes, if you include the beginnings of Spock. There are some things I must know, Ambassador, in order to continue my Star Trek journals. Forgive me, but how were you able to overcome the Vulcan Pond Farm mating drive? I presume you did overcome it, since Spock's mother, Amanda, was human, and somehow she was impregnated by you. Roddenberry, are you asking if we coupled? Yes, sir. We know that Vulcans normally mate only once every seven years. And since it is known that we pay for our sexual repressions during these years by an almost animal madness, this has aroused a, uh, a prurient curiosity among humans. It comes out of our affection for your son, Spock, Ambassador, and your son's future. He's half-human. We've seen him reject a Vulcan marriage. His marriage to a human female possible to him. It was for me. But if you take the madness which happens to your people at the time of Ponfar, then add to it the extraordinary strength of a Vulcan. Ordinarily, an Earth woman could not enjoy that. If she survived, she might be severely injured, both physically and emotionally. Regarding that... Roddenberry, I will not paint a word picture. I, uh, I will say that humans and Vulcans mate in somewhat similar fashion. Uh, in quite similar fashion. But physical contour, mass, duration, and energy do vary. Since we are deprived of our reason during this time, the rest depends upon the woman. Not just her strength, but also her wisdom, her patience. Is it possible to ever completely overcome the Ponfar madness? It is probably impossible to a Vulcan in his youthful prime. Fortunately, I was not. And it was no doubt helped by the fact that I'd spent almost 30 years as ambassador to other Federation planets. And you spent many of those years on Earth itself. Yes. But this gives too much credit to me. Spock's mother, Amanda, is an extraordinary woman. And Spock was the result. The first human-Vulcan mixture. No, not the first. But the first to survive. As you must know... An Earth-Vulcan conception will abort during the end of the first month. The fetus is unable to continue life once it begins to develop its primary organs. 
The fetus Spock was removed from Amanda's body at this time. First such experiment ever attempted. His tiny form resided in a test tube for the following two Earth months, while our physicians performed delicate chemical engineering, introducing over a hundred subtle changes we hoped would sustain life. At the end of this time, the fetus was returned to Amanda's womb. At the ninth Earth month, the tiny form was again removed from Amanda, prematurely by Vulcan standards, and spent the following four months of Vulcan term pregnancy in a specially designed incubator. The infant Spock proved surprisingly resilient. There seemed to be something about the Earth-Vulcan mixture which created in that tiny body a fierce determination to survive. And as Spock grew into childhood, Ambassador? Yes, yes. There must have been times when his inner mind wondered if the fight to survive had been worthwhile. You see, while all Vulcans, including our children, live by the code of Idic and believe that diversity is to be admired and treasured, it must be understood that the display of emotion is considered on our planet to be grossly offensive. No, more than that, shockingly indecent. I can only explain that our attitude is rooted in Vulcan history, involving events of such bloody violence that it has left our race forever scarred and sensitive to displays of emotion. Whether or not this Vulcan attitude can be defended, the fact is, it exists. Young Spock was allowed no smiles, no tears, no anger. Such emotions, so common among your school children, are shocking even appalling to a Vulcan child. Spock's playmates could only assume that the bearer of these emotions was exhibiting hatred for his fellows, some desire to embarrass, to disgust them. The children were prepared to enjoy Spock's diversity. They were not prepared for my son's demonstrating what seemed to be an obscenity of the grossest kind. It must have been a cruel existence for Spock. It was. Then, what kept your family unbroken? We felt Spock's torture, of course. But Amanda and I also had a dream. One that justified even the risk of our precious son's life and sanity. What point is there in any life surviving unless it has meaning? The meaning of Spock's existence is the very meaning of our marriage. Could our two life forms combine and offer something of value to other life forms? Idic. Yes. Infinite diversity from infinite combinations. It has given us quite a lovely universe. I will return to Vulcan now, if I may. Thank you, Ambassador. Engage transporter. Yes, engage transporter. As Spock would say, fascinating. Well, he wouldn't laugh. Fascinating. I mean, it's incredible. It's a great, great bit of Star Trek, uh, you know, cultural um, touchstone there. Uh, you know, a Star Trek uh, 
artifact. I had no idea this existed. It's it's fascinating. One of the comments on the YouTube videos said that it was on a record in the late 70s, I think, inside Star Trek. Um, that's about all um, in terms of uh, identification or uh, explanation. The only thing is the uh, scanner sort of Star Trekky sounds in the background. I guess you can live with it. They're a little annoying, a little overpowering. Um, Mark Leonard has such a great, you know, speaking voice in, in, in his uh, portrayal as Sarek. And Roddenberry's doing a great job, too. So good stuff. Um, here at Sci-Fi Guy, we try to bring you more unique, maybe even obscure things. You know, I don't like to do a lot of the mainstream stuff. That could be fine, of course, but I like to get these little gems and jewels, and this is one of them. I hope you enjoyed. Once again, as always, if you'd like to subscribe, please do so. You could do the free or the paid people, I call it, the paid subscription for $4.99. And that is the status of goodies, exclusive goodies. And keep the comments rolling in. We'd love to hear from you. Live long and prosper. And we'll see you soon.